1990, and I'm with John and Nikki Hara, and we're going to discuss the pictures that they brought for the Asian American Immigration Exhibit. And you do have pictures. All right. Try and give me some sort of feeling, which I, I uh, it may be or may not be difficult to um, describe not only who it is, but maybe something that would be captioned underneath it, you know, describing an event. Is very, no. Feelings, feelings. I know what, what? about this picture, but I'm in it. Uh -huh. This brother, is your grandmother. And this is in California. It's in California. Your mother, your, your mother, your brother, and your grandmother, and a friend. And you were... Which, three. Right, well, you were born here, though. St. Louis. Yeah, so th this is a visit that you, that you had. Your mother is beautiful. Beautiful. Um, did you get to see your grandmother very much? The last time we saw her was um, the girls were about seven and nine. Was that my mother? No. 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 Oh. That was your mother. Pretend you're yelling. Okay. Okay. That's me. Uh huh. And I think every person had a picture like that when they were young. Oh, the pony. <laughs> yes, oh, the pony. it was a traditional picture. Is that this in St. Louis? Yes. They used to come around every block. Uh huh. And people would take their pictures on the pony. You're pretty little, aren't you? Oh yeah. You had a head full she of hair. Hasn't grown much since. <laughs> <laughs> You're cute, John. <laughs> All right, w was this in your backyard? Yes. Uh-huh. Was that pretty exciting? Do you remember anything? No. Nothing? Not that, but oh. it's one of my favorite pictures. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is John. This is John. When he was in Korea. No, that was in uh, Japan when I, it, it's during the Korean War, and uh, the Korean War was still going on, and uh, I thought I was going to go into combat for sure, you know? And then when we hit Japan, and we were all given the military you know, rifles and things to get ready to go overseas to Korea, and we had to sign our will and everything because, you know, it's close to battle. Then they pulled us out and says, anyone who could speak Japanese, you know, uh, step forward. So I spoke Japanese, so I stepped forward, and they took us to Tokyo, and they gave us uh, rudimentary Japanese test. And fortunately, my friend was giving the test. And he says, um, you want to stay here and go to school? Or, you know, and I said, well, I'd rather stay here and go to school rather than go to Korea. You know, because uh, there were, the American forces were being <laughs> defeated. You know, they were going south because uh, the Chinese came in about that time. So. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I went into this military intelligence school and they taught us how to speak Korean because it was Korean War and they didn't have enough Korean translators. And so uh, you had to know Japanese because the Korean teachers could only speak Korean and Japanese. And so they taught us in Japanese and, uh, and then we translated the Korean into English. And that's how we became uh, uh, translators and interrogators. And so it was a very intensive six months uh, school and we learned how to speak Korean and then we went to Korea and by being military intelligence advantages you don't have to 
carry rifle, you know, and fight. Uh, so I think, in a way, I feel like I was saved. Otherwise, I, I would have been killed because all the guys I went overseas with, uh, you know, got wiped out. You know, most of my friends got wiped out. So what rank were you? Well, I was uh, PFC, I think, at that time. I was just right out of basic training. So how did it feel to be in Japan? Uh, we, we didn't get any chance to see Japan because you know, it was a very intensive course. We went, we were in class for eight hours, and then you had to study for another four or five hours, you know, for the next day's lesson. And so we didn't really have any time to even get out of the unit. Was this your first time to Japan? No, I was there before. So, there yeah, before. so I knew. But the thing was, if you flunked out of school, they threatened you with putting you on the front line, so it gave us quite an incentive to study. To study. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, see, that's the unfortunate thing. At that time, there weren't too many Korean-Americans, and so they didn't have translators for Korean War, you know. This, uh, do you so remember the year of this? That's Numbers were coming from North Korea, crossing the line and getting, they were kind of like a spy, you know, and then they would cross back to uh, Korea. So we had to separate the uh, North Korean prostitutes that were coming over as spies, and then the South Korean girls were coming for, you know, just straight prostitutes. Because mm -hmm. the line that uh, we were above, the 38th parallel line, and no civilians were allowed. So anytime they saw a civilian, we immediately thought that they may be spies by either side, and so they always brought, brought them in for interrogation, uh, and uh, we would ask them, and uh, it's kind of sad, you know, in the sense that uh, these girls are trying to earn a living because they're the station, but they also had Korean spies coming through. So you had to differentiate? Yeah, differentiate. Yeah. That's my parents. I'm not in it, but uh, these are my brothers. He's the eldest one, but he was raised in Japan because he was born in Japan, and uh, he went back to Japan. So two of my brother and sister were raised in Japan by their uh, maternal or paternal grandparents. So they were there during the war, and you were here. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. So, uh, did, but they did were. They live yeah, oh. they survived because they were out of the country. They didn't have, did they have to go in the service? Uh, no, he, he had a back problem, so he never had to serve. But my sister's husband was in the Japanese Marines, and he got killed in, in the Pacific War. That must have been yeah. hard for you all, wasn't it? No, I didn't really think of it, because we didn't grow up with him, you know. Because by the time I was born, uh, 
he, he just came to visit for roughly about six months out of his whole lifetime. And he just didn't like the United States because, you know, at that age, you're raised in Japan and you couldn't speak the language. Yeah. And this is my second oldest brother, and uh -huh. then that's the third oldest. And then my sister comes, and then my other brother. Then there's two more after this. After, after this little Yeah, yeah. You and? My other brother. Uh -huh. so, so you're second younger? No, I'm the third, the last one. You're the last yeah, one. Yeah, I'm the last one. So this was taken roughly about 1928, 29, somewhere around there. Because my other brother was born in 1930. Now who would have taken this? Uh, they always had people, photographers, that drove around in the country and they would just take pictures, you know. And well, then they would uh, uh, sell the picture to that's this, how is, this is um, this is interesting. I have a, a photograph. What I'm looking at is that everyone is so well dressed yeah. uh, that you're in your looks like best your Sunday yeah. best. Yeah. Your yeah. father is uh, yeah. uh, looks very proud and yeah. and everybody even this is, looks like is this a copy of a yeah of this the is original? a copy yeah. so it's it's, it's a, this is you know they were off the farm and this is one they don't look like Farmers, farmers. Mm -hmm. right. They look like a city, city yeah. folk. Mm -hmm. but, but the I Japanese always had that, like, they had what they call yasoiki clothes, which means going out clothes. So no matter how poor you were, every family had one good clothes that they always could wear. And this was our going out clothes. You know? Well, when you said that the photographer comes by, right. it, it brought to my mind a picture of my mother's family in a small town in Missouri, Flat River, Missouri when um, one day, and they, they're they all sitting on the, standing in front of the house, uh, similar, and, um, but the boys' ties are kind of over okay. to the side, oh. and the girls' hair ribbons are sort of falling, <laughs> and the little socks, the little socks right. are all rumpled, and right. that didn't look like my, my family's way of doing things, so right. I, I asked once, because I have that picture in my bedroom right. now, but as a kid, and they said, well, the photographer just came by and we all ran to the front, oh, oh, you see. Oh, so yeah. that's, yeah. I, that's probably why I noticed the immaculate yeah. look of, of yeah. all that. Because in those days, they didn't have too many families, they didn't have cameras, not too many mm -hmm. families had cameras. Mm -hmm. This is, uh, now this is? This is in California. Yeah, what city, what town? Uh, in Auburn. It's near Sacramento. How do you spell it? Uh, A-U... B U R N. And could you spell that word you said before? Close. Oh, oh Yosoiki. Uh, y O S O. You want to write it? Would that help? Yeah. Yosoiki. That's how they pronounce it. Uh huh. I guess you would put it. Okay. Yeah. No. All right. And that means you're going out. Going out clothes, yeah. and it's Y O S O I K I. Thank yeah. you. Um, right, so and and you know, soon as they, just on special occasion, they would take out these clothes. They had a my mother had a big trunk, and soon as the occasion is over, you know, she dusted <laughs> it and put it right <laughs> back. And so, so you know, as we grew up, each each of these, yeah. Yeah, yeah, as you grow into it, huh? And that, so I, being the last one, you know, she laughs, but I never had new clothes. 
I, even the shorts was handed down. You know? And so I never never used to get any new clothes. So you know, you tell your older brother, take care of the clothes because <laughs> I'll be wearing it. You know what my daughter said to my, my youngest daughter said to my oldest yeah. daughter when Take care of that dress. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to get That's it. Right. <laughs> Same thing. Right. This is Mr. and Mrs. Yamamoto. Can we yeah. talk to you about? I'll send you the uh, uh, testimonial thing that Joe Tanaka and Nikki Tanaka gave. At one was at his funeral, and one was uh, at an occasion when he was honored. You know? And uh, I made a copy, and I, f I forgot to bring it. Well, I'd appreciate that. In, uh, yesterday, when uh, Paul was here, and I yeah. turned over one of the photographs, and I said, um, oh, by the way, because it was taken by Mr. Yamamoto, and I said, I asked yeah, him, was a photographer. Do, do, you, do you know where those photographs were? And he said, no, he said, I don't, but he said his son would know. So I said, his son, does he yeah. live here? And he said, yes. I said, what's his name? He said, Bob Elkington. So yeah. I said, I heard of him. I know that he's yeah. an architect. Right. And yeah. He's done some things for some friends. I said, I'll call him up. Mm -hmm. So I called him last night, and he, he uh, it sounded like most of the things were gone, given to people who were ever in the yeah. pictures. And stuff. But he said if I would write him a letter stating what I wanted, which mm -hmm. I have started mm -hmm. to do today, that he, he would look around. I don't know. Yeah. But that's, that's the best. I can do yes. with anything. Father was an intense saver yeah. of the everything. Only, only so thing I'm, I'm kind of concerned is uh, whether he would like to have his pit parents' picture out you know, in public. That's oh. with Alkin. Well, is that I Alkin don't. That yes. it might I be good to get his permission. You're absolutely huh? right. And uh, I'm not sure that, you know, I'm taking all these pictures, yeah. these photos that you're offering me, but yeah. I don't know what we're going to use. And I don't know that yeah. this would be. See, if it were my picture, it, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, but no, no, no. I, I, we him, would never. It's a third party. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. It's, that, it's uh, a, I appreciate that. Maybe he doesn't want that privacy. Yeah. Public. Yeah, and he may not. That's what and, I'm uh, I'll be. I'll be careful of that. Yeah. I, my dad, I don't know that we would use this because it would, was she German? Was this? Yeah, yeah okay. she was German. Um, and Joe Tanaka has a very good historical account of from the time he came to this country. Y Yamamoto? Yeah, at Yamamoto. And, uh, I made a copy and I was going to bring it with me. I mm -hmm. forgot. That. Okay, but I'm glad you said that. I appreciate it. This is uh, an old newspaper article showing one of the events that we used to have. And some of the older gentlemen. Oh, ninety. Oh, I've got a, I've got a photograph of oh, him. Yeah. Um, in, in the call by yesterday. Right, right. Uh, of them in front of a restaurant. Okay. Right. But I think he was younger. Yeah. Than this particular yeah. photograph. Yeah, he was a, He was a real nice man. Now, so he he wasn't he was not. I wish I knew who were the the names of the first few people that lived here. I I guess I wonder, I can t Mr. Tanaka would know mm. that. Yeah, Tanaka uh, and Yamamoto were the two that I know, and they came okay. after or during the war. I think. After the war, you mean? Or during the war. Oh, there's your father. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, he outlived three wives. Who, this gentleman? Yeah. You always bragged on. <laughs> <laughs> but he was alert uh, up to the day he died. And, you know, he was sharp. He was a sharp man. Yeah. 
how readers can see what. Alright, well then, um. His daughter is in. Is here? Yeah. yeah. Sakahara, Pauline. You know, I, I wish we were doing Pauline Sakahara. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, mm. I think you. I don't know how good an interviewer she'd be. Mm. Her, you know, his granddaughter, you know, Pauline's daughter, mm -hmm. she's a professor over at Lynchwood. She would be a much better person to talk to. Which you mm. But she's much. pretty pretty busy. Mm. She's a real busy. I think I think I really have okay. the mm. enough this the right people. This is an old uh, newspaper article, uh, magazine article that was written about several of the Japanese Americans in town, mm -hmm. some of their background. That's oh, Paul at his oh. store, and uh, some of the other professionals, the architects. Mm -hmm. Has a picture. This is Anna. Oh, that's Paul. No, I just saw this. Did she? Did my sister Peterson on here? No. Uh -uh. Well, no. Uh, Kristen Peterson. <laughs> That's somebody else. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. I knew yeah. I saw Peterson uh -huh. somewhere. Now, is Anna from here, Anne? She's. I don't think so. No, his, uh, her mother used to live here in St. Louis, so Anna was born, I think, here in St. Louis. Okay. Okay. Then I think this, her mother moved to. Uh, Washington or somewhere out there. Okay, this is wonderful. Thank you. This is very helpful. Hmm. That tells about the Japanese garden. Yeah. Yeah. So that would give you the background. Thank you so much. This is a copy of our, one of our old newsletters. Oh, your father. Did he give it to you? No, he. He said for me to ask you for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I okay. really appreciate your bringing This is a special edition they put out in 58, which sort of culminates a lot of the information about the chapter and some of the people and the mm -hmm. activities that they were involved in and gives a lot of perspective on this. Good. Oh, yes. You've got it by the years. Mm -hmm. oh, this is wonderful. Oh, my. I, Paul gave me this. Oh, yeah, he was teaching that class. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of feeling in there. I, yeah. You know, I keep, mm. I keep trying to get a sense of when a country really didn't treat people very well. Why do they yeah. have this intense love for it? And uh, See, and these people who were, as she said, trying to be citizens for like 60 or yeah. years? And they could No. Until 55. Can, can 54, you shed any light? Am I, am I asking a question that's. Uh, I think. I think it's a Japanese culture in a sense that there's a word they use, uh, shikata ganai. I don't know if Paul said that. Go ahead. But shikata ganai means. It can't be held, therefore it is. It doesn't make sense, does it? You know, and so, and sure it, it, it uh, you don't try to buck something that you can't change. And so you accept it and go on with your life instead of just making it a hang up in your life that it just stops you from living. So the East Sage, you know, the first generation people, my parents always used to say that whenever 
some unfair thing happened to them, they'll say, shikata ganai, it can't be helped, so just go on. And uh, I think that's a good philosophy to a certain extent, but sometimes it could be used to uh, such an extent that you don't fight for anything. And that, I think, was a fallacy of the Issei's that uh, they didn't speak out. You know, they just kept going around every obstacle that was placed in front of them. Because in California, where there were laws passed that no citizen could own land or own any property, you know, the legislature just passed that kind of rule. And they, they got around that by putting the property's name in their children's name, who were born citizens. You know, Yes. And that's how they got around these things. And so they went through life not fighting anything. They just went around it. And they just kept going around and around. You know, from from meeting you, your father, Paul, and uh, Joe and Nikki, you know, I get a sense of, you know, trying to see what everything is about. and. Sometimes, yeah, I'm just one person right here. Uh, there's no other person to say, uh, am I getting the right feeling? And am I asking the right questions? And um, what am I missing? And, and you know, if you think that, you know, I, I don't know when I asked that question, if you were to hell, here she comes again, <laughs> trying to get a, you know. But I, I wonder if there's anything that you would want to Straighten, straighten me out or put uh, me in a direction that maybe I'm not going well, I think to get a sense of what what we want to put up. And yeah. um, What I see I mean, I need is, your help and your uh, yeah, input. Yeah, what right? I see, at least the first generation, you don't see it in second, well, you see some of it in second generation, but you don't see it in third generation at all. But I think they have some of the Buddhist background in them. And Buddhism, to a certain extent, is non-violent, that you don't raise your voice. And I think that type of upbringing makes people like this, you know, that uh, they're calm, acceptable, uh, they don't show their emotion in public. They may cry in private, but they will never show it. So you see their face, even at the, uh, you see it in camp pictures, you know, where there is such a state of frustration that you never see it. It's just a mask that they put on. And you see that in uh, first and certain second generation people. The third generation, I think they show their emotion. They're so Americanized. And, you know. But I think there's a terrific amount of strength in that type of philosophy that they're very patient. But and they don't wish for unattainable goal. They just slowly go up. Very, you have the terrific amount of patience, you know, to, to go beyond what society tries to hold you down. Well, when you think of, uh, when I, you know, the, the, the pay, the dignity, and, yeah. and the... Yeah, and that was important. And the, yeah. the pride yeah. that, and everybody did as they say, what you have to do, but they made a, yeah. a fine life yeah. out of something terrible. They did the best they could for right. their children, and they, mm -hmm. I mean, I, and then they come in. It, it's, it's, it's uh, they, you don't 
see it taught anymore, but the samurai thing is in there. You know, that uh, the samurai thing is, there's a, what they call, bushido, which you endure. And uh, that, that uh, we were taught that in Japanese school, that, uh, that you endure the unendurable, more or less. And the more you could endure, that showed that you were a stronger person. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at the traditional, not these action type of samurai picture, but if you see the, the classical samurai picture, they don't show the emotion. The, uh, inner strength. Inner strength. And you don't know what's going on. They have what, the, what they call a mass. So when you're negotiating with them, you don't see what's going on, that they try to leave a poker face you know, mm -hmm. on it. But, this, the, the, but the strength that's in that person and the honor, you know, the honor is, was real strong, that you could lose everything, but if you maintain your honor and dignity, that was strength. And so actually you're living in, uh, with yourself. Because if you did something dishonorable, then you can't live you know, with yourself. And that's mm -hmm. the most important thing, because regardless of whether the public knows it or not, you yourself know it. Well, I asked Paul if, uh, if there was, uh, if there were any su many suicides, any suicides, there because I know that um, in the camps in Europe, people mm -hmm. occasionally did that. And he said, well, Japanese, and I said, no, I'm not saying it because yeah. it's Japanese, I'm saying it because I've had this experience with those, those wires were electri electrified, yeah. and so people could do that, though yeah. not uh, a lot did, but the, the opportunity was there. Right. And uh, so he said some did. Yeah, some did. And there were, there were uh, mental illness. You know, there were people mentally disturbed. You know. Severe depression? Well, there were depression and uh, there were crazy people that should have been an institution. But they weren't violently crazy. Crazy because of what happened to no, them? No, I, I think they were crazy. I think they were crazy before mm -hmm. things happened. But uh, most of the families were very isolated, so you didn't see that. But once you put them all into a camp where there's interaction, then you know certain families, you know, they were, had a daughter or son that wasn't just right. You know? And Sam explained that the, the partitions between the, yeah, uh, the only went up to a certain height yeah. so that you could hear. Yeah, you could hear uh, That must have been very difficult because of the, um, I, I think of yeah, the As kids we used to, adults then do it, but the kids used to crawl up and <laughs> look across <laughs> to the other side. Uh, did I you, know. John? Yeah, I did that. We made peepholes and bathroom places. <laughs> Got all my sector education. <laughs> <laughs> did you then? Who could you ask, or did you just talk about it? That yeah, we had a bunch of kids that used to do it, and then the ladies used to chase us out. And there was a when you decided not to be an obstetrician. Yeah, right? yeah. The boiler room. There was a boiler room. A bunch of the kids, you know, yeah. used to make other people, and they'd throw water at us because they knew we were there. <laughs> <laughs> we did things like that. God. Uh, uh, what What is the Well, thank you. you, you mm. That's very helpful. Um, as long as we're on the camps, so what would what's the most outstanding thing you? What do you think about when you think about it, that background? Mm. 
break up of the family. I think um, not just our family, but I think it broke up a lot of families. Broke it up in what way? Well, <coughs> um, some of the college kids had to go away to school by themselves. So, you know, they left the family. And then some of them joined the army. And oh, and the father went off to yeah, and, a uh, job. Yeah, and father would go off uh, to a job. And so everyone was going in different directions. Before, you know, before it was like a ghetto. The Japanese families were, you know, very tight. That uh, uh, they were very strict. That they didn't allow their kids to go too far away from their control. You know. But in camp, it was at a point where you had to do that in order to survive. You had to let go. Yeah, let go. And so parents had a hard time doing that to let the kids go. But they were young, you know, and then uh, you the outside was um, it wasn't a friendly environment and they had no money to support them so the kids would have to make it on their own uh, they had to make it on their own when and you say outside outside the little outside home the camp outside yeah the to go and you know come to st louis or any other place you know mm -hmm. oh when you say kids you mean grown kids well you know they're uh, 16, 17, as soon as they graduate from high school. Oh, they know. could take this loyalty? Yeah. See, that loyalty test, you know, uh, they, a lot of people think that that loyalty test was just a matter of yes and no, but it wasn't. What was it? The, that loyalty test, if you look at it, uh, there's a very deep uh, meaning to the question. And uh, there were lots of intellectuals in camp who looked beyond the simple question. If you look at that question where they say, Will you, would you renounce your loyalty to the emperor and pledge your allegiance to the uh, United States? Now, if you look at that and say yes, then they said that, then you had a loyalty uh -huh. to the emperor. That's now, right. That becomes a very critical point because these people were thinking that if you admitted that you had loyalty to the emperor, then the United States had a right to put you in camp. So Do you think that they meant to word it that way, or they no, just they worded it that way? I think I think the people who wrote that uh, didn't think it through, you know. But the intellectuals in camp saw that, and they said, if you say yes to that, then you're admitting that you that the United States has a right to put you in camp. Now, the second question to that is, is, would you fight for your country and renounce your loyalty, you know, to the other? Now, for, for the Issei, that's a terrible thing because they don't have U.S. citizenship. Right, they're nothing. And stateless. Right, they'd be stateless. And they realized that if they answered yes to that, then they'll be stateless. Then they have nowhere to go, you know. And, uh, so they couldn't answer yes to that. So some people couldn't answer, but some people did. Your dad uh, yeah. somehow, and it was okay. They didn't uh, call him on those small things that we're talking about. No, Not small, no. To them, uh, they knew that was there, but they made a choice. Mm -hmm. You know, they said, "Well, I'm going to admit everything that you want to know." Me 
even in the book, they don't explain the total story on that. They just look at the question and they wonder, why couldn't we answer that yes, no? It's so simple, you know. I mean, that was a, uh, that was a big deal in the camp. And a lot of people argued and thought about, you know, that, that you shouldn't sign it. Now, did they ever go and say to the director, you know what, this, this isn't a fair question? They did. And yeah. I guess he... See, the mistake, uh, it was written, I forgot which book, but the administrator, uh, one of the administrators wrote that they made a mistake, the government made a mistake. That question wasn't supposed to go to the general population. It was supposed to, when they made it in Washington, it oh, was supposed to go specifically, no, no, it was supposed to go specifically to the draft age. Oh. That's what it was aimed for. And so, for a draft age person, it's a little easier to answer that mm -hmm. because they have their U.S. citizenships. I thought they were going to it would go to spies, and there were no spies. No, so you they, they no, used it for that. The, the spy, spy, <laughs> spy would answer any <laughs> No, but that that question, when it was proposed in Washington, was supposed to be to the draftable age. So it was supposed to be something like 16 to 20-something. And somewhere along the line, when it got to the camp, they just gave it to everybody. And that was, no, I didn't get it. Because I was below, I don't know what the cutoff age was, but I was about 12 or so. So it must have been about 14, because my other brother went. I'm sure I got your age, your yeah. date of birth, but just yeah. 1932. 1932. Yeah. So I, I was the only one in the family when the whole family had to go to this administration building to answer the question. And I was the only one that didn't go in our family, because uh, it, you know, they said I didn't have to go. But my brother, two years older, he went. So 14 or somewhere around there must have been the cutoff. And that was, if anything, that question really excited the people in camp, and it made them angry. And so they had a lot of uprising within the camp oh, did because they? of that question. What kind of uprising? Well, the people, one group said, just ignore it and answer yes, yes. That's what they want, give them what they want. And then the other group said, you can't do that. There's a principle involved in it. You know, and so they stood up for the principle. So you had the yes, yes, and the no, no. Now some of them answered yes on one part and no on the other part. They'll fight for the country, but they said, I can't answer that first question, yes, because if I answer that yes, then I'm saying that I had loyalty to the emperor, which I don't. So there were yes, no question, and some people didn't answer at all. My family didn't answer at all, and they got into bigger trouble because they wanted everybody, because they got order from Washington that everybody has to answer this So question. what was the bigger trouble? Well, they were threatened a lot. In what way? Well, they'll separate you and put you in the stockade. And stockade wasn't a good place because they just had a tent. You know, it was cold in a barrack, but it was colder in the tent. You know, and they threatened uh, with that. But there's so many refused to answer that they didn't have okay. enough space. You know. So eventually, they just stopped, you know, and, uh, but, you know, like, her father went out and just answered yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes, and uh, I don't know if he looked beyond that question. 
but uh, and the other thing that happened was it depended on which block you were in. You know, if you saw the block, you know, each block had a, well, I guess this has a picture of a block. Maybe the first page. Yeah, I saw. But anyway, the the tab was laid out in blocks, and yeah, like this. And so, uh, if if you had a very good spokesman in the block, you know, there's a block manager and people, and they would meet, and each block would have their meeting. And if you had a spokesman up there, that. Uh, would tell the people, and the people in the block would respect them. And he would say, well, this has such and such uh, meaning to it, but uh, I think from my point of view, I'm going to say yes, yes, or no, no. And that would kind of sway some of the people who couldn't do their independent thinking. So you, you notice, and then the other, there's a terrific one of peer pressure. Because if your block is going to all answer no, no, and you answer yes, yes, you know, you're an outsider. Why do you use the devil? Well, there are two questions. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> oh, God, I wish yeah. I could strike that off yeah. the tape. Yeah, that's why, that's why they would say yes, yes, and no, no, okay. or yes, no. You know, well, but the no, no people have been bought out as disloyal. And today, even today, they're arguing about that point. And they want... That's unfair, because it's an unfair question. Yeah. So. But see, what happened was the JCL said anyone who answered no, no, are disloyal at that time. That's the statement JCL made. See. So that so that people today who answered no, no, remembers what JCL did to them you know, at that time, right? and they want they want JCL to apologize, like like the government apologized. You know. So this is what the no, no boys. Okay, when I asked that question, I really did not understand. Yeah. I had read a small bit that this yeah. bit. They don't cover the ramifications. They um, had, had to do with going in the service. Yeah. But I did not realize what that meaning, what that meaning was. Yeah. And so, uh, from the government's point of view, they thought by simply having those two questions, they could separate the loyal from the disloyal. But that's really, if you look at it closely, that's about the stupidest type of division. Because if someone is disloyal, he's going to act loyal. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no yeah. no way you could prove it. You, know, you just would answer yes, yes. If I had that question today, I would have turned one of difficulty, and I'd probably get beaten up in camp because I would speak out. You know. Were there were there harsh treatment? Yeah, there were there were. There were people who were beaten up. I think I don't know if Mariama spoke to you, but uh, he was a leader, you know, and he helped a lot of people, you know, in their thinking because he was a university graduate, and a lot of the people didn't have that university type of thinking, yes. you, know, you know. Because my father, when he had third grade education, so he would rely on someone who's more educated and use their judgment. Uh. Leaders and uh, toothache because. You're working under uh, terrific amount of duress and stress you know, of the population, so that uh, uh, the leaders were actually a lot of the leaders were threatened. Their life was threatened by people who didn't agree with what you were saying. But you the know. population of Tulane was generally 
Well, the population of Toodle Lake was... People, they sent there. Generally what? Speak up, please. The population of Toodle Lake. Well, see, Toodle Lake became eventually what they call segregated center. And what that means is that uh, people who answered no, no, regardless of the way they answered no, no, it didn't matter. And they put all the, eventually put all the no, no in uh, Toodle Lake because they won't answer or they won't oh. uh, say anything. So, it, and so it was a... It became a, a segregated, segregated. And so you're getting... So that they take... S oh, is that why it went from 10 to 18,000? Yeah, yeah. So they, from the other brought, camps? Well, other camp, they brought, brought them in. And so in that mixture, uh, you had families like ours where they didn't answer any questions and they were segregated because they refused to make us... My father was that way. That he, he didn't like to make too many stands. <laughs> you know, he thought lots of things, but mm -hmm. if he was unsure, he didn't answer. So mm -hmm. those that refused to answer and those that... And answered no, no. No, no. Were, were, were yeah. Or even, even if you answer yes, no. Uh -huh. Now, the other factor that came in is that a lot of people were old, you know. And the rumor spread in the camp that if you answered yes, yes, they're going to kick you out of camp and you have to make your way out in the uh, hostile environment. You would have been kicked out of camp and you had to go to unknown cities. And some of these people were old and they didn't feel that secure. But if they, they said, if you answer no, no, you got security at least because they'll send you to this other camp. Well, this was really a... So there were a lot of... Big mm, part of what happened yeah. to people? Right. When did they when did they uh, put out this? When did this questionnaire? Uh, I think it came out about 1942 or three something. Because you you just got in the camps in 42. Y yeah, we got in camp in 42. So it must have been about 43. Maybe the summer. The yeah, about 43 like summer. So, in the textbooks that or not textbook, the books that I've read. Uh, a lot of them try to just make it like all the disloyal were into like impurity. But that really isn't the true story. Well, because so there were a lot of families there that had, uh, well, there were parents who didn't want their sons to go to war. And so, because they didn't believe in war for religious reason or whatever reason. You know? And so, to protect their sons from going to war, they might have answered no, no. But e but even from totally, you had opportunity to volunteer. And my brother volunteered, in spite of my father, you know, not wishing their son to go. But uh, so, but there were a lot of families that were parents were old then, and the kid or or the kids were so young that uh, they didn't want to go out in the hostile uh, cities. So, so as soon as they found out that if you answer no, no, you're not going to get be kicked out of the camp, then you know. So, you had a mixture. Now there were some that uh, answered no, no because they felt that this was an unfair question. They, they didn't care what happened. So you had a very uh, large mixture. Very large people. You know, large number of, of people. people there. Yeah, large now, number of people. This, this, and I'm, I don't think I'm even pronouncing it 
correctly. Tuli, right? Yeah, Tuli. Tuli, I keep saying Tuli. like, um, did this give a bad reputation to Tuli Lake, or does everybody under, you're nodding, but I, or does everybody understand the dilemma that this caused, and, and, and does it make a difference today when, if somebody said, where were you, and you said Tuli Lake? No, I don't think so. I think, I think the ones that are alive today uh, were, well, like me, I don't think uh, I would hold it against anyone. But the people who are holding it against some of the other people, I think they're just bitter. And they're just choosing some excuse, you know, to aim their bitterness at. And so they would aim it at JCL because JCL stood the other way. Well, I, I want to, I want to, why were you nodding? Because it was a bad, uh I mean, it, it was a, something that, when I asked you the question before, people automatically assume if you're from Thule, you were disloyal. No, I don't think, no. I don't oh, think, I don't think, think no, I don't think they would uh, figure that. Okay, but you just said something that... But a lot of them, I don't think, really have, really have thought it through. John, you just, you just used the word bitter. Um, yeah. I've asked everyone, <laughs> are you angry? Yeah. No, I'm not angry. I'm not bitter. Uh, what do I have to be? Uh, you have to keep going. You have to move. I, I well, the people who are bitter won't talk to you. That would be the sign that they are bitter. They won't talk to you. Well, <laughs> you know, everybody so is bitter. And yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I go home at night. I get in bed and I think, can't be, can't be. It, there has to be feelings and I don't think that anybody has to unload on me you know I mean yeah. well, if, can't you, expect if you read that book that we gave you on the justice for all you'll find several testimonies yeah. yes. and there of people who are very bitter I I did uh, no, I didn't read it on purpose in a way mm -hmm. because I, I thumbed through it but I wanted to yeah. get it sort of fresh uh, with I don't know if it's regional or what where you get certain people who have feelings but it seems like in some of the stories on some East Coast, for some reason, seem like I remember more people who from the East Coast. Too. Well, instead of instead of saying yes, I'm bitter. What they what they what what people will say is that well, I lost this. Some people lost their farm material. Their, yes. So when they that's their way of of explaining yeah. that that yeah. obviously <coughs> you know why wouldn't there be mm -hmm. that? About uh, a year ago at our potluck dinner, you know, I tried to get some feeling like you're trying to get from mm -hmm. all of us. And so I took the microphone and I said, let's go back from Pearl Harbor, you know, and see what happened to all of us, you know. And so what I wanted to do was like you're doing, just asking, you know, their experience. And some said, well, the day of Pearl Harbor, you know, people called us names and things, and, and it, it just went like that until one person got up, you know, and he was very, I, all these years I've known him, he never expressed that point of view, you know, but the frustration that he went through because they owned farmland and they had to make payments, you know, on their farm to keep it, and he said he went to the administrator and said, you know, release some of the money I have in a bank because the monies were all tied up, so, mm -hmm. you know. And he, he went to the administrator and said, 
give me some money out of my bank so I could pay my mortgages. You know, and they won't do it. And he lost his farm and everything. He lost everything. And that, I could, you know, you felt that bitterness, you know, in him. And then a girl who never was in Kent, she was in Colorado or somewhere, and his father worked for Southern Pacific or something for 30 years or something. And he was just laid off the work, you know, laid off his job because he was Japanese. And that was, railroad was a security job. And she expressed her bitterness, you know, on him. Well, I think, uh, understand what, what I'm saying is I don't expect people I just met and don't yeah. know, and they don't know me, and, and, uh, and I'm here with a recorder, yeah. and I'm going to put something up on the wall <laughs> yeah. for them to tell me their innermost feelings. Yeah. It's not fair. No, um, I know. I know and I think that in, in their own way, everybody has yeah. by explaining what people lost. Yeah. But I don't think the material loss, unless you had thousands of acres and you lost it all, you know, I think you have some feeling there. But most of us, well, I think, have put it behind us. It's interrupted lives. Yeah, it's interrupted life. But life is interesting. You, know? you go through, well, when you look kind of back, and, and, and you find out that you led a very interesting life that no one else had the opportunity to lead. Because most of them, you, know, you have a very secure home, you go to school and you get a job, and you know there was no interruption. But our life, at least my life, you know, there's you know a lot of ups and downs, you know? and there's lots of looking back on it. You know, you think, boy, how did I go through all those periods? But uh, it it's an interesting life when you really look at it as a educational philosophy that the time that I spent here on this earth has some meaning to it, in spite of you know, the ups and downs. The only regret that I have is uh, I wasn't with my family you know, for a long period of time in my life. And that's what you said in the yeah, beginning, the yeah, breakup of the Yeah, that's, that's the hard part that, that you can't uh, replace. And by the time that you're, you're able to afford to be together is too late because the parents are dead already. You know, and that's the only, you know, if I had any regret, I think that would be, that would be you know, the only regret. But okay. then I think that the next life you would need my that's, right. you know, that's the other <laughs> thing that you think about. Okay, Mickey, back to, back to our pictures. Well, this is a picture of a group of um, St. Louis people who went to Jefferson City to ask for support for the redress bill. And this is Joe Tanaka, and that's Senator Byrd. Bill. Build. B-I-L-D. Right, and this is Ann Mitori, me, John, George Hasegawa, and George Sakaguchi. And he was a full 42nd veteran. George served in the service also, and John was. So these were mainly veterans who were going to talk to the House to get their support. and. They introduced us on the floor, and uh, they passed the bill that day uh, unanimously. Unanimously. So it was a good lesson. What in, year was uh, this? Do you remember? 1987. It was one year before the bill was passed. Okay. Okay. 
Most of the other pictures are just family shots. This is a, a group of today's young teenagers. Did they click on? Oh, it's still going. And they formed a, a taiko drum group. And they're the only uh, young people's drum group in the country. Oh. And this is a traditional ceremonial drums that they've learned to play and they're performed throughout so, the city. Yeah, you know, these drums are given to the city by the uh, Suwa City, sister city. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, the uh, teacher or the person who made that drum came and started the, uh, the team you know, through the drum. That's a good shot to show he's the um, carrying on the traditions yes. and the dedication. It takes hours of practice that they have to put in for this. And what does this ceremony mean? Well, these are ceremonial it's music that they play at fest festivals yeah, and mm -hmm. uh, different occasions like that. Mm -hmm. And but basically, that drum is to ward off evil spirits. Basically. Could I have one? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Go over there and beat it. <laughs> beat it. Huh? Well, that must feel good to beat a drum. Yeah. Um, the name of the festival, I mean the... Taiko. Uh, St. Louis Osua Daiko, O S U W A D A I K O. That's the Osudo Osua Daiko. Osua. 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 I mean, if I wanted Osua. to put a caption underneath this, it'd be the St. Louis Osua Daiko drummers. Okay, now Osua is the city. is the sister city. Yeah. Osua. Osua. Uh, they put an O on. They have an O in front of them. Oh, so I... Yeah, O is a oh, polite way of saying... So a daiko. Yeah. And you spell that other... D-A-I-K-O. Okay. Um, all right, thank you very much. That's just and another oh, shot of the art museum. Oh, this is another shot of it, mm -hmm. the art museum. Right, this is their perform, teacher uh, from Japan who came over. Yeah, they perform a lot in the city for various organizations. This is wonderful. I see a... What I see is an yes, occasion. Yes, he's the, the teacher. Oh, he's a teacher? Yeah. Well, he he learned along with the kids, oh. the Daikos type of But oh. he had the background of music, uh -huh. and so he came in in the beginning. What does what does this say, this banner or this? I think that says Sua Daiko, uh -huh. because yeah. that's the name of the school that he teaches. Right. So these are drums, these are drums, and this is? Little bells. Little that bells. Was, that was at the art uh-huh. This is a great picture. Okay. Um, okay. This shows um, sort of a combination of the generations today. This couple is married, mm -hmm. intermar intermarried, and the, she's a product of a mixed marriage, mm -hmm. and uh, so is she. And this is my daughter. Oh. Okay. So it's just um, she gives a composite it's, of yes. what the generations. Generations. Are. This is another one also, just a picnic that we and have every year. Mm -hmm. So everybody's uh, everybody here is has got a either two Japanese American parents or mixed. Mixed. Mm -hmm. Okay. These are just pictures of one of my daughters when they were young. <laughs> Easter egg hunt. <laughs> it, this is your daughter. Yes. Oh, how wonderful! <laughs> is is either the other? No. One? Uh -uh. <laughs> oh my. 
So John has a good perspective on the historical viewpoint, and I think I sort of bring up the part of the family. Oh, yeah. So that's the thing I, I sort of like to see developed, is that even our children still have some of the values that our parents have. And it wasn't an overt, you know, we sit them down saying, no, you have to do this, and you have to think of others first. You don't take the last piece of food on a plate. You know, it's not by sitting down and telling us by example. And so they've tell, told us after all these years, now that they're in college, that these are things that they did pick up. So it makes us proud in that sense. Yes. You know this, uh, you know this picture? The only reason I was emphasizing the American... That's okay. It's just that I was... I, I'm trying to, yeah. pull, to yeah. understand this. The only reason I was emphasizing that is that the American public have never realized that we are Americans. And sometimes we have to tell it. Mm -hmm. to at least sink and at least emit an impression on you. Oh, definitely. You know, and that has to be, it's something like pounding it into someone, but mm -hmm. sometimes you have to pound it in for them to appreciate the difference. Mm -hmm. you know, so, what, the so the pictures what? that some of the, the groups may show of in traditional garbs or traditional things, somehow that to us reinforces in the public's mind that they're still Japanese, Japanese from Japan. They haven't really assimilated in the American society. Well, how about so this? How does this, what does this mean to you? Well, see, that's, that can be misconstrued, I think. But I'm, sh I'm just trying to show that we do try to maintain some of our cultural background. To me, to I look at children. this, and I think, isn't that wonderful? They, they're Americans, but they, they are, carrying out their heritage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's been this yeah. message we hope it gets across. Yeah. But sometimes But sometimes you still have to say these are Americans to start, you know, to pound that in of Japanese. Unlike Europeans who you see in festivals like the Oktoberfest or yeah. something. I mean you can ex accept that that's just a carrying on a tradition, but you still have a feeling consciously that those are Americans. Mm -hmm. But I you see the Asians right. in an American setting, it just does not automatically register. I understand. Yeah. Um, your father passed on these things to you, didn't he? These, these, these subconscious, you know, yes. same as... Right. With it, it's a matter of living. It's not... Mm -hmm. um, I think I asked him what a word meant. Um, I, I'll get it for you because let's see if I have it here. Um, it depends on the family that you were raised in, too, you know. Like our family, we were forced to go to Japanese school. And so you, you got, you received more, more of a traditional, educational type of Japanese culture. Whereas, I think your parents didn't no, get that. No. It's one of those... Uh, I use this for both and, uh, people. I ask him um, the word on... O-N, and Jira, and I, I, I'm not sure if I, really, did I did you? your dad and, and Paul yesterday, so mm -hmm. I'm, I, and I think whoever it was said to me, um, because, um, but somebody said to me, I don't know those words, but we passed it on a way, it's a way of right, life, right. and 
the respect and um, yeah. see on on is, is that uh, you owe something not not monetary yeah, obligation mm -hmm. like if you did me some big favor or whatever then you owe me actually yeah. because I never could repay you no matter how much I try this is country and parents and yeah. the other is uh, Jira, Gira? Giddy. Giddy. Giddy? Yeah. Giddy. Giddy. Yeah, Giddy is another way of... Uh, Spelled G-I-R-I? Yeah. <laughs> Obligation to the dignity of one's name and right. deep sense of self-respect, yeah. which is, I guess, how, how everybody got through yeah. the camps and went on to make a right. life for themselves so that they can be proud of, and yeah. no matter what it is. I don't think... I don't think we went out of our way to say, well, we're going to have one or we're going to no. have one. No. It was just automatic it's because it was in live. us. And so after the fact, when we, when we analyze it, then we realize that these are things that our parents left with us and it helped us through life. And you're passing uh, yeah. it on to yours. Like, these, yeah. you know, I mean, somehow, I know also that you don't take the last cookie. Um, but I don't know how I know that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's some, it's some kind of tradition. Because we used to say, um, you have to offer it to somebody first, and then if they don't want it, because you'd be the old maid. Right, that's right, right. right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a similar thing. Uh -huh. uh, I guess it's good parenting and kindness and all the good things that you, yeah. you want to pass on. Yes, that's exactly. Um, all right, we... Um, you, uh, you had mentioned a uh, something on the uh, a picture. Uh, oh no, that was uh, Miss Tanaka on the Tanaka Gardens. Okay, um, do you want to say anything to me that might? Do you think I'm on the right track um, with my questions? Yeah, I think I think uh, the Japanese Americans went through a very unique experience as a total population that other group. I think the closest would be the Vietnamese boat people have gone through a similar experience as one mass population in a sense that they left their land on boat or whatever. You know, that the whole whole group has that common tie together. Similar? Yeah, similar. Because you didn't leave on a boat? No, we didn't leave on a boat, but we were all in a similar situation. It's not like saying some of us experience it, some of us experience it. We all experience the same thing at the same time. And the boat people, the Vietnamese boat people, experience similar thing at the same time. They had to leave their country at the same time. So they. But they you were in your country. Yeah. And your country did yeah, this. But what to I'm you. saying is the experience that they went as a group is similar. You know, the group experiencing one experience all together at the same time. Mm -hmm. So, the, uh, I, I look at the Vietnamese boat people. The places are different, but the stress that they went under, the determination to survive, you know, those are similar to what we went through. And when they came to this country with nothing, and people helped them out. We received the same kind of help. And then, then you got your job.